Hey guys, welcome back to Mike and John at the Movies, the podcast for cinephiles by cinephiles. My name is Mike. Joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, John. John, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. It was good to be back. I miss you guys. Yeah. Welcome back. We talked WandaVision on the last episode. I had some friends over to discuss the series in depth. You missed that one. Did you have any thoughts on WandaVision you wanted to give since you missed that episode? Yeah, I had a love-hate relationship with it. Um, if you saw my uh, appearance on uh, our review of the first two episodes, I wasn't real um, into it. Uh, it did grow on me as it went on, and we kind of learned about more of what's going on. However, um, I was kind of let down by the finale. kind of seemed like a standard like superhero action crap. Um, and, you know, it kind of felt like it went against like the whole mystery and Twilight Zone feel of some of the earlier episodes. Um, so uh, I'm kind of mixed on it. I would give it like a three out of five. Um, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was terrific and the standout of the series, Catherine Hahn as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it okay, but I wasn't wild about it. It was fine. The finale, I agree. It The show felt too creative. <laughs> And mm-hmm. too unique for it to just end up as a classic Marvel show. I get yeah. that they kind of had to, you know, reset back to being a Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that finale in particular, you know, it's not like not I was kind best. of excited for the finale um, after watching the, the penultimate episode. And then I saw the finale and I was just like kind of lukewarm on it. I was kind of let down by it. So yeah, I get you. Well, on the flip side of that, we have a DC property that we're talking about today. And, mm. you know, we're reviewing the Snyder Cut, basically take two of Justice League. And what is the Snyder Cut, if not the Justice League persevering? <laughs> I just want your thoughts on this whole Snyder Cut deal, because everybody has their own unique view on it. It's been a weird four years <laughs> since that whole <laughs> original... Joss Whedon cut came out. So, you what... mean Justice League? I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Justice League. What are your thoughts on the entire Snyder cut? Not the movie itself, but like the whole yeah. movement and situation that sort of rose from the ashes of Henry Cavill's mustache. <laughs> uh, well, um, without spoiling my thoughts on the movie just yet. Um... I was obviously super excited for Justice League um, when it originally had come out in 2017. Um, I was kind of let down by it, or like really let down by it. Could have been so much better. Um, Felt kind of like a departure from Zack Snyder's vision. Um, And you can understand why, because it wasn't really his movie in the end. Um, It was more Joss Whedon's. I wasn't a fan of like how many clips there were. It felt too Marvelish in that sense. Um, not that I really have anything necessarily against quips necessarily, but it just felt like kind of a betrayal and it felt jarring uh, in comparison to what had come before. You know, like Ben Affleck, he's a comedian all of a sudden. And it's just like, what? Where did yeah. this come from? <laughs> So, yeah, I was not a huge fan of uh, Justice League. I don't think it's, like, the worst superhero movie of all time. Some people have said that. 
Um, and I don't even think Steppenwolf is one of the worst villains. He is underwhelming for sure, but I don't think he is like the worst. So it could have been like amazing, but you know, pardon the pun, I don't think it really did the characters justice. <laughs> I guess I look at it differently than most people because a lot of people say that movie's terrible. I guess I just look at it as like what for what it is, it's passable. Like, mm-hmm. regardless, Zack Snyder did have to step away for personal, you know, yes. reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can deny that. They either would have had to delay right. it and let him come back, or they would have to get somebody to replace him. Unfortunately, yeah. they got the wrong guy to replace him. I was uh, on this podcast, <laughs> The Chatter After. You guys should check that out. I'll make sure if it's out by the time this episode comes out, I'll link it in the description. We were talking about Justice League. I was mentioning that Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder's styles are like polar opposites. So yes. he would not work. Zack is like this visual storyteller. And mm-hmm. Joss is a dialogue-heavy storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... Like you said, it's jarring because we go into, like, quit mode. And that's not how BVS and Man of Steel tell their stories. Right. Yeah, and I had just rewatched Justice League. Justice League, I should say. The other day, prior to watching or um, checking out the Snyder Cut, just to kind of, like, see, like, oh, you know, this is how originally was and i was going to compare it to everything um that the snyder cut offered i bet and you threw that way, notebook I... out <laughs> by the time you started the, the Zack snyder one. Oh, for real for real um by the way i almost want to revisit justice league uh, justice league after watching this again just to kind of like see like oh my god like how different the movies are but yeah i was gonna say also one of my big issues with the first uh, or the original Justice League <laughs> um, was um, just like how rushed it was um, felt like it had to be two hours long and as a result like some of the characters um, especially Cyborg and Flash um, they just don't feel well realized at all they feel kind of just there they feel kind of like boring characters um, yeah. especially Cyborg um, and we never really get to get you know, an understanding of why they're really there or why they want to be there, why they want to be part of the team, why they want to save the world, etc. And they'll have a lot of issues with that movie, too. Um, the whole subplot with the Russian family is, you know, we don't... I mean, I understand they were in there to be, like, give us some kind of, like, idea of, like, you know, okay, yeah, there are people in this world that are in danger and stuff, but like, why should we care about that one family? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I'm not saying it probably would have been better if we cut to different families just to get yeah. a sense. Just like you, you, you start thinking, like, are they special? Tough that you guys are in a difficult situation, but why are we following them several times throughout the movie? Right. What's their significance? <laughs> why aren't we following more people than just them? Like you said. Right. So yeah, I. I totally get that, and you were uh, you mentioned that you wanted to sort of go back and watch the 2017 theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched part of that movie yesterday, uh-huh. and I could not get past the first 20 minutes because yeah, it's I think weird. I'm going to be in pain watching it, especially after having watched the Snyder cut, just to yeah. see like how much was changed, even like the visuals, like the visual color palette and everything, completely different. Color grading is, yeah, it's completely different. And that's not the part that necessarily bothers me, though it, it was jarring. 
Uh Uh, What was weird is seeing scenes get cut short. Uh Like, there are moments... Again, this is just the first 20 minutes of the movie where Uh Aquaman's dialogue is completely different, which Uh makes him seem more like a prick. (laughs) But there are moments where him and uh, Bruce Wayne are talking, and then the scene just abruptly stops. Uh And it's weird, because at first watch, it wasn't that jarring, even though it was poorly edited. But knowing the context of that scene just makes it fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so something that you did mention a couple minutes ago was that uh, characters like The Flash and Cyborg got like way, way more development and way more care, I'd say, than the oh, yes. theatrical cut. So what were your thoughts on, I guess, the League as a whole, uh, especially since... We did see this movie already. This was this is what makes this a weird movie to review. <laughs> it's what were your thoughts on how Zack Snyder specifically tackled the Justice League? Yeah, so we haven't mentioned this just yet, but this I mean, you guys probably know this movie is four hours long and it is split into six different parts. So it's easy to digest and easily pause. Um, and you know, go and do something else and then pick right back up. I didn't get um, that luxury because review had to be up next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I did watch it all in one day yesterday, pretty much one sitting, say for getting up and grabbing a snack, that sort of deal. But, um, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it is four hours long, and that is you know, sounds very daunting, but I was really pleased, um, that that four hour length really gave us a chance to like establish the characters um and then we kind of see them warm up to the idea of uniting and taking on um you know this power um stefan wolf is again the villain and by the way i thought he not only looked better um with this version um but he also was so much better as a villain like um he was he actually seemed like he had we understood his motive we understood kind of you know that he was trying to please um dark side spoilers by the way but i mean that's he's in a trailer who cares yeah (laughs) so he's kind of like his his minion so to speak um the minion of dark side um and he's just trying to you know get these mother boxes yeah i thought stephen wolf was so much better of a um of a villain this time around um like is he gonna go down as like one of the best villains and uh, comic book movie history i don't think so but um at least i don't think he's like a laughing stock anymore like he's he he's like worthwhile like he um you know i i think he he was a worthy fellow for our, our uh you know our justice league and in terms of how um to answer your question how um how zach did um, you know, tackling the characters, like I said, I was really pleased with how much time he spent establishing them, and um, you know, then we can we finally get the them teaming up and uniting, and um, you know, it just felt so much more satisfying as a result. Um, in the original Justice League, I just felt like, okay, yay, Justice League is on screen, but like, you know, just kind of felt like I was just watching the Justice League, whereas you know, I feel like. Um, in this in this sense, uh, with the Snyder cut, that like I saw the Justice League actually come together, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I, I really um, was really pleased with how much more um, effort was given to um, establishing the characters and um, made them all the more likable and everything as a result. Yeah, I agree with you there, uh, which is funny because you know my relationship with Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel. Like, mm-hmm. I think Zack and those first two movies didn't handle character properly. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Superman's entire character is that he's basically being guided by everyone around him. And I don't know how Clark feels as a person. Yeah. Whereas in Justice League, everybody's motivation and their flaws and fears and all that stuff is present. And so it's like, I know who Victor Stone is. Mm -hmm. I know who Bruce Wayne is. And that's something I think is a vast improvement from his other films, not just his films, from Suicide Squad (laughs) 2, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like that entire era, I think the reason, it's not the tone or anything. I think it's just, we couldn't get that personal connection with those heroes. Right. It's something that Marvel does really well. Like, no matter how bad Thor movies could be, if they establish that connection with the character of Thor, that when he finally gets his moment, it hits. Right. And so how he handles Justice League here, he had, I don't know if it was a lack of time or what, but he was able to really dive in and we understand every single one of these characters. Except for maybe Aquaman, he didn't get as much time as I would have cared for, but the Aquaman movie's already out, so I know say. <laughs> And kind of Wonder Woman to an extent, too, but again, she has two movies, so, at this point, so. Yeah, by the time this movie would have been out, remember, Wonder Woman came out before Justice League, so I think he was kind of mm-hmm. leaning in on everybody else, I assume. <laughs> Regarding Steppenwolf, I mean, yeah, his d- design is a little better. I still don't really care about Steppenwolf, personally. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a little, he, he is an improvement. I'll give him that. But it's just, I'm not a fan of henchmen. You know, like, yeah. I get it. Darkseid wouldn't invade Earth by himself. He would send a henchman. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want to see Superman fight Darkseid. I don't want to see Superman fight Steppenwolf. That's just a personal thing. As far as how he handled it, it was fine. There's no complaints yeah. there. It's just, like, imagine if, Thanos sent his henchmen in Infinity War, and he just never showed up. That would have been weird. Yeah, oh, for sure. And um, in regards to Darkseid, um, Zack Snyder has been asked uh, with um, the release of the Snyder Cut if he's going to be um, coming back to finish um, the next two chapters in his Justice League trilogy, so to speak. And he said he won't be. Um, I really, I really hope that the Snyder cut and the positive feedback from it, um, and stuff maybe will convince, um, Warner brothers to maybe give him a chance to finish his, his vision in the same way that they came around to letting him, um, you know, present his vision, um, with justice league. Um, and, um, you were asking earlier kind of how I felt about, um the snyder cut existing um i i was annoyed by the hashtag for the longest time like release the snyder cut it's just like it made my eyes roll um but kind of once um 
once we knew it was actually going to happen, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not necessarily excited, but I'm like curious. Um, and and I heard like the fairly positive, um, reviews and stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, by the time I, uh, watched it yesterday, I was really excited to watch it. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it exists. I feel we can touch upon it a little bit later. Um, but I was a little bit soured by like the epilogue. Um, not necessarily, um, because of what we got, but just knowing that we might never like get resolution to the setups that the epilogue presents, um, in the, in the way that, uh, Zack Snyder might not be able to finish, um, what he's building here (laughs) and that kind of, you know, kind of sucks. Um, as far as the nightmare stuff, we could talk about that uh, in a bit. We haven't really gone into spoiler territory, so did you want to stop the non-spoiler talk there so we could talk actual like plot details? Um, yeah, and I guess I would just say, um, if you guys don't want to hear spoilers, um, my overall thoughts are that um, I really liked. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I liked it tremendously more than um, Justice League. Um, it was a lot more. Um, I'm more saying it just so you guys know which movie I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is really Justice League. But anyway, it was a lot more of what I hoped that it would be um, back when I bought a, bought a ticket to it um, in 2017 um, for opening night. Um, it was a lot more satisfying now. Um, yeah, it's a little long. Um, I could think of some parts that they could maybe trim down a little bit, trim down the runtime just a little, still be over three hours, obviously. But yeah, I thought it, uh, did a really nice job, um, you know, giving us these characters, um, whether we've seen them in prior films or if we're just being introduced to them now. Um, and, um, I liked the action a lot. Um, felt very Lord of the Rings at times. Yeah, especially the um, the sequence on Themyscira uh, with the mother boxes that felt very Lord of the Rings to me. Yeah, the movie is it's being an epic. It's not trying to be a superhero movie. It's trying to be no. in the same vein as, like you said, Lord of the Rings or mm-hmm. you know the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's trying to be that super long, super dense. Uh, impactful story as well. It's trying to yeah. uh, leave an impact. It's not just trying to be like Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know? Yeah, don't get me started on that, maybe. <laughs> oh. It gave us Jimmy Woo. I'll forever be grateful. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, I was really pleased with it. Um, I On my box, I refer to it as Zack Snyder's masterpiece. Honestly, I prefer Man of Steel, personally. Um, uh, but in terms of just like really presenting his vision and regardless of how long it was and stuff, like I really felt like he he was able to put together what he wanted to put together. And in that sense, um, that's why I call it a masterpiece in the sense that it's really good as well. It's definitely, in my opinion, Zack's best film. I just feel like it's a Zack Snyder movie and the best way but also in some of the worst ways. We could talk about that later in specifics. But <laughs> as far as you can watch this, and it's clearly a Zack Snyder film. Oh, it yeah. truly is his vision. And it's incredible to watch. 
it's the best um, film in that entire from that entire era um, of DC films because this film's technically four years old, which boggles my mind. That Zack Snyder's best movie was potentially going to sit on a shelf forever. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm so glad it exists. <laughs> it really, yeah, same. And I'm glad that he got to do this uh, because. This came at a very weird time for him. And so for him to kind of come in, finish it, have a sense of closure from that era of his life, I'm really happy for both Zack and Deborah Snyder. Just on a personal level, regardless of the the film itself, regardless of even the fans who wanted it, I'm happy for Zack specifically that he got to get this done. For Autumn. So, Spoilers. We got to talk about well. We're gonna get to Superman in a second because your love of Man of Steel. I really want to see how that kind of hit you when we introduced Uh that. But we're gonna start off with the beginning of this movie. We're gonna start off with what happens in the Mascara and with the Mm -hmm. Amazons when Steppenwolf shows up to get those mother boxes. How crazy was that sequence? Well, it was awesome. (laughs) It's like so much more like action oriented i mean obviously a little less violent but kind of got like 300 vibes from that scene as well yeah in addition to lord of the rings yes some of it's because of the slow motion obviously <laughs> um but uh yeah it's uh it was very epic and um i found the scene very exhilarating um you know kind of seeing the uh the warriors and stuff kind of like past the Mother box along like his a baton, basically trying to keep it away from Steppenwolf. I uh, I was very thrilled by that whole sequence. It was really satisfying, and it's not the only um, scene that I um, thought was so much more satisfying. Also, another one that came to mind was uh, when uh, Wonder Woman um, mm. has her moment where she's uh, protecting the children from the. Uh, the guy that's going to set off a bomb in the square. Yeah, that scene. So um, that's one of the moments that I watched uh, yesterday. It was in the first twenty minutes of the theatrical cut. Uh huh. Man, that scene is flat compared to this one. <laughs> yeah, like, why did they? Why did they cut out like this guy going to shoot down all these kids and Wonder Woman deflects every single bullet? Why? <laughs> And like a, why a do version we... of that is still in the movie, but it's they cut the scene in half, so it's not nearly as exhilarating. Yeah. Or impactful. yeah, I mean, it's, it's so bare bones in comparison. Um, and then you get a really nice moment where um, there's that little girl who's like, "Someday I want to be like you." And uh, Wonder Woman tells her basically, like, "You can be anything you want to be." You know, Something and I thought that was princess, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was like a really nice moment, and it's just like, why do we, why do we cut something like that out? That's the weird part to me about this entire. Like, I'm not trying to make this entire episode us comparing the two, but it's right. just really weird that like all these small character moments, like that that interaction with Diana and that little girl is only like at most ten seconds. Yeah, like all these character moments are completely removed, and so it's just devoid of life and devoid of character. If they had to have the movie at two hours, which was the case, really, um, you know, even if they included that little moment, like it would not have made the movie over two hours. <laughs> so it, why cut something like that? You know, it's just it's so minuscule, but it's very impactful at the same time. 
I agree. The action sequences in this movie are pretty crazy mm-hmm. and pretty violent. Um, yeah, there's blood. There's a lot of blood. Going back to Themyscira, I know that there is Amazonians, you know, getting basically decapitated in that scene. Mm-hmm. But when Steppenwolf, like, grabs a horse and throws it, I was mad. <laughs> you don't mess with horses, y'all. And did you uh, catch Ares? Nearly killing him. Oh, when Ares, uh, in the flashback, when Ares had yes. to fight Darkseid. That was bloody, too. That was insane. Yeah. The, that was a great scene, and I'm really glad they included it. The only issue I had was, was it just me, or did, like, the, the gods seem kind of this weird CG thing going on with them? Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it it was weird, because we had the the Atlanteans and the humans and the Amazonians. And then the gods uh-huh. kind of looked like they had CG muscles. And so that was just kind of weird. Uh, I mean, I'll forgive it. At least they didn't have a CGI mustache removed. So. Ha, 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 ha. Let's never speak of Justice League again. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, a CGI mustache. I mean, just like that, they removed the... They did enchantments, uh, enhancements uh, digitally to hide it. So, yeah, they didn't bother with that this time. No, uh, no zombie-looking Superman. Thank God. No zombie. My nightmares tonight. You can finally sleep because they did not mess with Henry Cavill's perfect face. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so this movie is four hours long, and they let things, you know, play out a little longer. What uh-huh. were your thoughts? Because there are some moments in this movie that I feel like could have been easily removed, like that uh-huh. scene. Aquaman. It's the first time Bruce and Aquaman have a scene. And then as Aquaman sort of leaves leaves the scene, there's like this, it feels like it's a two-minute song. Yeah, I was wondering what that was all about, what that was for. So, it's the song of the sirens, which I get it, okay. haha, Aquaman, sailors, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the first 10 seconds, 20 seconds, I get it, but it kept going. And then she starts sniffing his sweater, <laughs> and it's just like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that's something that I think they could have removed and movie would have been no worse for wear. It's things like that that keep this from being, you know, four and a half star for me. Because sometimes it's just like, that was... You, you got me here for four hours, man. Don't waste my time. <laughs> right. But, that I mean, like you said, this is broken up into six parts. Uh, under any other circumstance, aside from me having that deadline, I could just stop and come back. It's no biggie. Were there any other like notable scenes that you would have removed? I would have removed that scene. I would have removed the Martian Manhunter scenes, both of them. And mm-hmm. I guess we could talk about that right quick. I hated that first time he shows up. I like the idea of Martian Manhunter being here. I don't yeah. like how we had this really heartfelt, touching moment between Lois yes. and Martha. But it wasn't I- actually Martha. <laughs> right. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm with you on that. Again, me not having the best relationship with the other two movies, I don't really care about Lois and Martha. But that uh-huh. scene, I felt, was really good for both of their characters. And I'm like, this is really, really sweet and touching because they both lost Clark. And uh-huh. then it's like, nope, we're going to take that away. And it's like, dang it. <laughs> so going on uh, Martian Manhunter for a second, um, do we? Do you think that um, Zack Snyder planned for this actor to be Martian Manhunter ever since Man of Steel? I don't know, honestly, because yeah. it raises so many weird questions on why didn't he help stop Zod and Feora, or why didn't he help stop yeah. Doomsday? 
Or in this movie, why didn't he help stop Steppenwolf? He obviously knows where Batman lives for some reason. So I just kind of like wonder, like, why does it have to be that character that we've already established? Why can't it just be some new character that would just be introduced? So here's Martian Manhunter. Rather than it being, this was Martian Manhunter all along, like, because it just, like you said, it kind of leaves you asking questions in regards to, like, why didn't he come and help out sooner? It's, again, Zach kind of falls into the trap of doing a cool thing because it's cool, Mm -hmm. and it kind of forgets that this is still a story, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, that happens, to, to me at least, it happens in all of his movies. But yeah. it happens a lot in this one. Like the both Martian Manhunter scenes, I feel are weird. That epilogue is—he's straight up said Ben Affleck and Jared Leto never had a scene together, so he just made one up, regardless if it fit or not. That's just the way he does things, and sometimes it works for people. For me, most of the time it doesn't, and so <laughs> Martian Manhunter's that way. Uh, the Flash's introduction is that way. I like him saving Iris. They never name her, by the way. That is Iris West, his, his love interest. Yeah. But it's weird how, you know, she's falling in slow motion and he's like moving her hair out of her face, caressing her face. And then all <laughs> these beaners just fly past her. And it's like, that's weird, man. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, I, him saving her is one thing, but that scene just got really weird, really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was cute when he took it, took the hot dogs into the, to the puppies. That was cute, but yeah. yeah. And also, like, okay, um, so I'll just say that, yeah, it's not as quippy, heavy, or quip heavy as um, Justice League, but like, it has humor. There mm-hmm. is humor in here. Um, one uh, joke that really made me laugh, uh, for example, uh, involves the Flash, and I think it's. Um, I think it's Cyborg, where the Flash is asking Cyborg um, in regards to Wonder Woman. Um, he's like, do you think she would um, fall for like a younger guy like me? And then Cyborg's like, everybody is younger. Right. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> then Wonder Woman. Um, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And I think that's also why, for me at least, this movie is one of Zack's better ones because it has those moments of levity. Yeah. Um, it's a dark movie. Again, don't get me wrong. Like The world literally falls apart and all our characters die at one point in time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like they allow the Flash to be humorous or they allow Aquaman to be sarcastic. It's like they don't mm-hmm. feel flat. They feel like they're three-dimensional characters. And yeah. so that's something I really appreciate because in the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. Flash is kind of only quippy. We don't get anything else from him. Yeah. Whereas this film, he has his moments of, he has his serious moments, but he also has quippy moments because that's how Barry Allen is. Yes. Yes. And so that's why in this verse, like Bruce Wayne, he acts different, but it's clear because in BBS, he did change. He did evolve from, you know, the abyss, the darkness and despair that he had. And he is more hopeful in this version. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's not in a weird way where Batman is joking and smiling all the time. It's just more of a he's not trying to kill Superman type of way. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, speaking of like the Flash, what were your thoughts on 
uh, him specifically, and then we could talk about Cyborg in a minute because Cyborg, I think, is the character that evolved the most between the two versions. Ah, uh, yeah, the Flash. I'm going to be honest. I don't know like a bunch about the Flash. Um, I don't watch the any of the CW shows. Um, I'm not really a comic book reader, but um, I kind of have an understanding of what the Flash is supposed to be like. He's supposed to be kind of, in a way, sort of like Peter Parker in a way, right? So this is the issue with the character of the Flash. There's technically mm-hmm. three characters that are the Flash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, unlike somebody like Batman, there's usually just Bruce Wayne, right? With yeah. the Flash, there's uh, Barry Allen, who is like the main Flash. He mm-hmm. is more, I guess to give you a comparison, he's more... Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Wally West, who is more Peter Parker. And yeah. so Wally West was the Flash for like 20 years. Barry Allen recently became the Flash again in like the last 10 years. So it feels like Zach is trying to like have a amalgamation of the two of them. Mm-hmm. So it can really go either way. Or his name is Barry Allen, but he's more like Wally West. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I, I say that Peter Parker in the way that he's kind of like the he's kind of like a young kid. He's um, kind of awkward. Um, you know, he's kind of I want to say like the comedic relief because I don't think that's really the way you say it. But he's kind of like the one of the more funnier characters in the group, right? Yeah, he's um, the more lighthearted of the of the. Team. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in that way, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Peter Parker. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Ezra Miller as a Flash. Um, uh, he was obviously the funniest character for me. Um, had a lot of a lot of jokes that really worked. Um, there was a lot less cringy jokes um, involving him this time around. I was no also brunch really jokes. Glad. Yeah, no brunch jokes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was ugh. when I watched that the other day. I just cringed physically, literally, just cringed. Um, just like what the heck. Brunch? What? The, uh, what? Anyway, um, um, but yeah, I uh, really enjoy his character a whole lot more this time around. Um, and also, thank God we didn't have a scene of him landing on top of Wonder Woman. Like, thank you, thank <laughs> you, Zach. Like, that's the um, Jasmine special right there. I can't believe he way, used that twice. I had totally forgot um, when I had watched Justice League the other day, um, there's a joke about, like, uh, Martha uh, Kent calls uh, Lois Lane thirsty. Like, what? Yeah, that. that's why I said we don't talk about that movie, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. I didn't remember that part, but I was like, really? <laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah. back, to, uh, back to Barry Allen, The Flash, in this movie. Um, I enjoyed them a whole lot more, and... Uh, and I really, I really enjoyed the moment at the end when, uh, in the epilogue where he um, meets his dad in the in the prison and he's talking to him and he's, uh, he's you can just see the relief on his dad's face and the, the pride the and door. the joy. Yeah, it was kind of touching, honestly. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really, um, I really thought that was a nice moment. So. Um, yeah, just kind of like the emotional stakes and stuff um, are so much higher in this movie. Like, you actually, like, give a crap about some of these characters this time. Um, 
because of the way the movie establishes them rather than just like, oh, I care about them because that's the Flash. Right. I care about them because, you know, this movie has given me a reason to. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. Um, that is an issue that the DC movies kind of suffered from. Not mm-hmm. just as acts. I'm just talking about, like, in general, DC movies tend to suffer from that. They usually are like, hey, you like Wonder Woman or you like Harley Quinn. Here's there you go. That's mm-hmm. them. And it's like, what are these versions of the characters, right? right? You can't just throw Flash in front of me and say, like him, because you like the Flash. Right. (laughs) And it's like, he he established who this version of Barry Allen is. Like, Mm -hmm. on the CW show, yes, his dad is in prison for a murder he didn't commit. And he becomes a forensic scientist to try and help and get him out of of prison. Mm -hmm. But I've already seen Grant Gustin go through that journey, right? That arc is complete. What is Ezra Miller's like? And he's nothing like Grant Gustin's. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of filmmaking because he takes it, it allows Zach to take a character like Barry Allen and then tell me what his version of Barry Allen looks like. That's what makes comics so cool. Mm-hmm. Each writer has a slightly different version of that character. I mean, just look at the difference between Adam West and Michael Keaton as Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I agree. I like what we did with uh, Barry. I especially like how the third act is basically on the shoulders of the Flash and Cyborg. Yes. is insane to me. And I can't believe they cut that out. (laughs) Seeing Superman punch Steppenwolf is fine. But oh my gosh. Seeing them fail and then Barry have to rewind back was insane. Yeah, he literally time travels to the same day. And we're cutting that out of the movie? Come on. (laughs) Like, it's something to see them turn, like, and they established that early on. It's like a mother box is powerful enough to turn a house that's on fire and it burned to ash to turn it back into a house. That's how powerful the mother boxes are. They established that in the the movie. And Mm -hmm. so it's just so crazy. It's like that episode of WandaVision where we see the blip you know, we see them reform back. Yes. Know, episode four. It's like oh seeing God. them, the bones rematerialize, the flesh come back, the blood come back, the skin come back. Mm-hmm. It's just a crazy visual and just yeah. shows how powerful the Flash is. Mm-hmm. I love that moment so much. That's one of my favorite Flash moments of all time. Yeah, that was that was great. And I was just going to say in regards to that... Um the big climatic battle. Um, I feel like, um, too, that like all the characters like have a purpose there and they're all, they all have their moment, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's a lot more teamwork this time around um, with this version. Like you can actually feel like um, they need each other in order to beat them. Whereas before it just kind of seemed like they were there <laughs> to that, fight them. The, Again, I hate to have to keep comparing the two, but the problem with the theatrical cut is that we basically bring Superman back and Superman beats Steppenwolf. And it's like, why were you guys here? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you kind of, in the movie, they they have the same shot. They're all standing there lined up, right? And it's like, there's supposed to be this huge triumphant moment. The camera zooms in on the trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And then I'm just sitting there like, we don't need these other two. We just need a Clark back. Right, right. Whereas, 
like you said here, they all contributed. I mean, Batman did his best. <laughs> but aside from that, they all contributed something important to their victory. Yeah, and Batman was the leader. He was the one that put the team together. So let's give him a, a benefit of the doubt. Let's give him a, a pass here. <laughs> yeah, the, he gets that. That's why it's so funny to me in the nightmare that it's like, he's the one that survived. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's Diana? Uh, the power of being rich. Uh, I have to say, again, this is Zach being a little overindulgent, but when he says, I'm rich, and you see that car, I'm just like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> like, he lets you see him pull out and turn the corner and everything. It's just like, dang, that's a, that's a sweet ride. <laughs> yeah. Where can I find one? <laughs> they come in black. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, cyborg time, huh? Yeah. What did you think of Ray Fisher's performance here? Because he's basically the heart of this movie. His entire origin story is in this film. He is. Um, I don't know at this point if we really need a like a origin movie for him. <laughs> um, I think uh, at this point you're just going to have some something following probably the. Um, or succeeding the events of this film um, in regards to his first solo outing, if we ever get one. Um, sadly, it probably won't star Ray Fisher, but I hope it does. Um, I thought he was really good in this film. Um, and obviously we all, or most of us know, kind of how he was treated by Joss Whedon um, on set of Justice League, and I really hope um, he gets another opportunity to play this character because I thought he did a really nice job. You know, he gave a lot of weight to the character, um, and I, um, I really learned a lot more about um, a lot more about Victor than I had uh, in the original cut um, before. He kind of seemed like a stale, cardboard, boring character. It's just like okay. He's cyborg. Okay. Like I was saying earlier, you didn't really know much about him. You didn't know his backstory. Um, and here you kind of learn about um, his tragic backstory. And, um, you know, and you get a lot more moments between him and his father, um, who obviously later on makes a, a big sacrifice, um, which. Also, if I recall, wasn't in the original cut. Uh, yeah, I don't think Silas dies at all in the original cut. Now that you yeah. mentioned it, which is um, <laughs> kind of so, hilarious, honestly. Yeah, uh, right. Cyborg was one of my favorite characters in this. Um, you know, obviously, I like them all. But if I if someone asked me, "Hey, who are your favorite characters from this movie?" Cyborg would definitely come to mind. Um, whereas oh, in the original. Yeah, whereas in the original Justice League, like he would have been the last one I name <laughs> uh, out of the out of the Justice League, um, but this time around he'd be probably one of the first ones I name, um, and that's attributed to Ray Fisher's really um, strong performance, and he's an actor that I'm not really familiar with prior to um, these Justice League films, but I hope you know I hope he's able to again reprise his role as the character. Um, at some point, and also I hope he gets some more roles out of this. Um, I think he's a really, um, really good actor, and uh, I'd like to see him get a career started. Um, maybe, you know, be pretty big. 
I I agree there. I unfortunately Ray's probably never gonna come back as cyborg. He said himself he didn't want to as long as you know, know. certain people stayed at Warner Brothers in DC, which mm-hmm. is very unfortunate because he kills it. Like yeah. he is easily my favorite character in this story. And that again goes to show the power of direction and letting the story play out how the writer and the director intended. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with the character of Cyborg from something like Teen Titans or anything like that. Not real but, familiar. <laughs> so Cyborg is this kind of like fun-loving character. Like he says, his catchphrase is booyah. <laughs> I mean, booyah. you know. Right. So he's kind of this upbeat, you know, type of character. He's in the Teen Titans, for crying out loud. But he's not that in this. And that's okay, because this is his origin story. Nobody's going to be yelling booyah when they lost their mother, half their body, and their dad turned him into a cyborg three weeks ago. Yeah, his you dad know. later dies. So, Yeah, and it's like, that's a tragic, tragic origin story. But mm-hmm. to see Victor overcome it is really a great moment. Like my fa- One of my favorite lines in the entire film is cyborg, and he's saying, you know, I'm not alone. <laughs> right. And it's just like, he was alone the entire film. He felt like his he didn't have that relationship with his father. He lost his mother. But he found some sort of relationship or family, whatever you want to call it. I was going to say, with, yeah, he found a family. That's the way I would put it. Yeah. He found a family in the Justice League. And it's huh. like, that's a great character arc for that character. And yeah, they wouldn't need an origin story, an origin uh, film for him. But yeah. I really wish he was in the Flash movie because he was supposed to be in the next Flash movie. It's unfortunate that that's not going to happen because I want to see this character again. Like he's he and Alfred, obviously, I always, I'm always going to love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. But it's just yeah, like perfect casting. Everybody in this movie is honestly perfect casting. They're just so spot on. And I agree. I agree. Seeing Zach's direction on where he wanted them to go with these performances are really strong. And so that leads me to the big one. I want your opinion on this. How do you think they handled the return of Superman? I was extremely happy with it. Uh, Again, not only does he look like an actual person now... (laughs) Uh, rather than some Frankenstein monster. But also just there's a lot more like just personal moments. Um, you know, when he returns to the farm and he has the discussion with his mother and as well as um, Lois, there's just so much more quieter moments that, um, you know, rather than, of course, we get the moment, um, you know, in the city where uh, he turns on, them when he first uh, gets resurrected um, turns on the Justice League but then he uh, sees Lois and you know he remembers but yeah it just felt like there was um, they they gave more opportunity for us to kind of like remember like the human side of Clark this time around um, yeah. and I really appreciated that um, and then uh, I loved how he returned to the ship um he finds he puts on the black suit of course um and oh my god when he shows up 
uh, he's like, not impressed. And then he freezes him. I, I almost like jumped up and cheered. It's <laughs> like, that was such an awesome moment. Oh my it, God. It, especially yes. like he said, when he returns to the Kryptonian ship, and then you yeah. have the voiceover from Jarrell yes. and John Kent. And it's just like, uh-huh. I didn't even like, again, I didn't even like that movie and I got chills. <laughs> Yeah, and they added a little bit of lines of dialogue there, too, that weren't in the original Man of Steel. Um, yeah, they added to it a little bit. So That was such an awesome introduction, and I think they did it so well. The uh-huh. only issue I would have is they're, like, they don't mention Superman for the first two hours of this movie, right. which is fine. I don't need them to try and shoot Horn Superman. That's the problem with Justice League. Is that like the entire plot revolved around we need to get Superman back? Whereas yeah. this one is they create the Justice League and then they discover they need to bring Superman back. And yeah. I really like that scene of the camera spinning around and they're all discussing what they need to do. And then slowly the theme starts creeping in. <laughs> and then you get to the highest point and then boom hologram of superman just like smashes into the table i was like yes <laughs> like perfect that is perfect and i um, love that they brought back uh um his flight song yes <laughs> as well i just oh man goosebumps yeah they handle the idea of superman really well i just wish we got him with the other characters a little bit more like and this is just a larger issue i have with how zach tells the story of superman he always tells it from the idea of superman right what superman what his effect has on the world never how the world affects superman Mm -hmm. and so at times we forget to treat him as an actual character like there is at no point where he talks to any member of the justice league besides batman in this movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in this very movie, Barry Allen says, he was my hero. What does that interaction look like? You know? Sure. <laughs> it's it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's like, it doesn't break the movie, but it's just like, we need to give Clark a moment with these other beings, especially since he makes the decision to go help them. He doesn't right. even know what their plan is, but he's like, they need my help. They brought me back for a reason. I have to go help them. But his intri- um, when he joins the battle and he helps them defeat Steppenwolf, that that entire sequence is amazing. Oh, yeah. It was... It made me kind of, like, fanboy out at that moment. I was just like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm so, like... Oh, this is so awesome, you know? <laughs> I completely agree. Goosebumps the entire time. Speaking of which, yeah. though, um, that moment, he knocks Steppenwolf back. Uh-huh. Aquaman impales him. <laughs> Wonder Woman decapitates him. And then Darkseid crushes his skull. Diana went for the head. But that was insane. What are your thoughts on Darkseid? Because he was not in that other movie at all. And so it's really interesting how his introduction kind of reshapes how we even view Steppenwolf. Yeah, uh, the only reference to Darkseid whatsoever in the Justice League is at one time Steppenwolf says, for Darkseid. Um, <laughs> and at that point, it's just like, okay. Um, most movie 
people um, that aren't like comic book fans. They're like, okay, they're like Dark Side. All right, whatever the heck that is. That did, um, yeah, because Dark Side doesn't even sound like a name if you don't know oh, who it is. So it's just right. like, oh, so it's a Star Wars reference now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I thought uh, he's obviously sort of at least in this at this point of uh, at this time of um, the DCEU, he's kind of like their Thanos, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, he's kind of like the 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 big bad, like lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce. Um, but uh, yeah, I I can tell he's going to be really intimidating. Um, I like that they kind of slowly, as the movie went on, revealed him a little more. They started mentioning him a little more, and then we finally see him. Obviously, I kind of like that. It wasn't like we didn't like get to see him right out of the gate. It was kind of a slow reveal. Um, yeah. Of course, he was featured in the trailers um, and the marketing for the Snyder Cut, um, mind you. But uh, so we know he was going to be in it. But uh, I liked how they kind of like slowly approached uh introducing him to this movie and this universe um here yeah it's funny that you uh compare him to thanos because this is just me being a comic book nerd for like 30 seconds (laughs) so in the comics they actually had a justice league avengers crossover where basically dark side goes to the marvel universe because he hears of this you know magical infinity gauntlet that lets him control the galaxies right (laughs) He goes to the Marvel Universe, he beats the crap out of Thanos, steals the Infinity Gauntlet, takes it back to the DC Universe, only to find out that they don't work in the DC Universe. (laughs) Okay, so uh, what is this book called and where can I find it? Can I find it at Barnes & Noble? It is Justice League slash Avengers number two. And okay. the last page of the panel literally is just Darkseid ripping the Infinity Gauntlet off of his hand saying, this was a waste of my time. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to Barnes & Noble first thing in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> I am going to start reading comics. It is such a such a stupid, stupid moment. It's pretty funny, though. But <laughs> Darkseid is like the DC big bad. And he is... Like, like you said, he's the end game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything yeah. always has to end with Darkseid. So the fact that we finally see him, and not just see him, we see him fight the yeah. entire army on Earth mm-hmm. in that flashback. Seeing him go against Zeus and Ares and Hippolyta and the Green Lanterns and the Atlanteans <laughs> is uh-huh. just ridiculous. But again, it makes me mad that we don't see him go against the new gods, right, in the Justice League. Sure, right. That would have been a cool parallel, seeing that he took down these armies, or it took these armies and gods to defeat him, but then these six or seven characters were able to take him down. That would have been kind of interesting. However, him being in the background makes sense. I just think it's hilarious how he and Desai just have no respect for Steppenwolf whatsoever. Like the entire movie, they're just like, yeah, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> we'll just sit back and watch him suffer. And yeah, fail. and it's just, it's just like that is Zach's version. That's his style of comedy. They're not really quipping, but it's just kind of like, man, they don't care about Stephen Wolf at all. Puny God. Like, his head rolls through that boom tube, and then he just <laughs> crunched, crunched his skull under his boot like it was nothing. <laughs> 
Darkseid was supposed to be set up for Zack's Justice League Part 2 and 3. So I guess this is as good a time as any to talk about that nightmare sequence. Sure. So I personally hate everything we've ever seen from the nightmares. (laughs) In BVS, it was kind of cool, but it felt out of place. And this movie, it feels even more out of place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, uh, when the moment uh, pops up and it's like, Oh, the cyborg. Oh, there's Mira. Uh, okay. There's um, <laughs> Deathstroke. All right. Um, we'll get back to him in a second. Yeah. Um, and then there's Joker. All right. This is weird, but all right. <laughs> it's weird. Which weird. is kind of the point, mind you. Yeah. Still. It's just, I don't know. I guess I'm the type of person who likes to have a complete story in the movie I'm watching. Like, I don't mind teasing something for the next one or, you know, having something tie into a future movie. But I guess I'm just like, yeah, it's random because, again, this is just me. I think it would have been more powerful if in that moment, it would have just been two more seconds. But you Mm -hmm. have Batman turn to Barry and he tells him to start running. Uh And Barry runs and he time travels and he Uh ends up in BVS telling Bruce Lois is the key. Mm -hmm. That way it comes around full circle. It's like the only reason Bruce was able to form the Justice League is because Barry goes back to Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I think that would have been a cool way to sort of close the loop instead of leaving it so does the nightmare still happen? Right. I don't know. That's that's just me. That would have been, yeah, that would have been kind of cool. For sure. At least it would have made sense. It just... Starts and stops. And it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. And Joker um, doesn't even say we live in a society, so that made me even more mad. <laughs> release the society cut. Amen. Yeah, I. Uh, so, what did you think of this Joker, um, Jared Leto, being back? Everything like that, looking a little different, sounding a little different, acting he, a little different. He looks a better, I guess. I still don't like it, but. I mean, yeah. compared to what we got in Suicide Squad, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, uh, and did you like... I mean, obviously you liked it a little more than uh, his appearance, more than his appearance in Suicide Squad, which isn't a very high bar to reach. Like, did you like like his performance or his portrayal? Uh, so he's a little different. Did you like kind of how he was speaking differently? Um, I don't... Did that kind of throw you off? I don't know. And again, this movie is so dense. Mm-hmm. I I have to rewatch it because I've only seen okay. it once, seven days ago. And I'm sure so, the scene is on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, it's just, I was so thrown off by being back in the nightmare scene. And then I'm just trying to keep up. It's like, okay, so the epilogue is trying to do like a Return of the King style epilogue. Oh, <laughs> we have yes. like 500 endings. Yes, and definitely. So like, I'm recovering from seeing Lex tell Deathstroke Bruce's identity, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden we see them team up together. <laughs> and it's just like, right. okay, so my brain is trying to catch up with that, and then it's like, okay, the Joker's going on about... First of all, Mira's going on telling Bruce that he doesn't know what it's like to lose someone, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then Joker has to put her in her place, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh-huh. But then it's just like, okay, I don't, 
I don't know what's happening. And then Batman says something about while Harley Quinn was dying in his arms, she told him to kill Joker, you know, with no mercy and slowly. And I'm just like, wait, what? Uh-huh. Um, that entire moment is just strange. And yes. I it's supposed to be strange, like you said, but mm-hmm. it didn't need to be tacked on at the end of this movie. It kind of ruins the ending of the movie for me. Yeah, it just kind of, I don't know. I, I could have done without it. I understand why it's there. Um, but, yeah, I kind of could have done without it. Um, Jared Leto, like, um, not really. I think he's a good actor. Um, I thought he, I feel he's miscast, even though he is a weird guy. And you would think that he'd be really good as Joker. Um, he's fine, but I think he's, like, one of the weakest in, um, weakest Jokers we've had. I know Which is ironic had. because he's played the Joker more than anyone else. Right. <laughs> like, think about it. Cesar Romero yeah. was Joker in one movie. Jack Nicholson was Joker in one movie. Heath Ledger was Joker in one movie. And Joaquin Phoenix in one movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, insane. Oh, mind you, you got two of those that won Oscars for that uh, portrayal. But, I mean, even still, like, I... I just think his um his joker is just kind of weaker um his performance uh he's okay it's just like it doesn't like knock my socks off like the other ones do um i felt like the the difference in um appearance and the way his uh, his dialect is um is kind of strange how he's just like different it's for the better, mind you, but it, it it's just kind of like, okay, so is this the same Joker from Suicide Squad? Because <laughs> he looks nothing like him, and he talks differently, and it's he acts the same. It's the same thing with Amber Heard. Like she has an accent now. I don't she know. She has if you British that. accent in this. What is yeah. that? Yeah. What was it with that? Right. That was that was strange. Also, wasn't Margot Robbie supposed to be in this movie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I thought I heard that somewhere. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, that Joker scene is weird. I'm not going to say I hate it because we lived through Suicide Squad. <laughs> and <laughs> right. I will take this over Suicide Squad, I guess. But no, it didn't do it for me. It's like one of the weakest scenes in the movie. <laughs> it is. And that's why it's like this movie ends. And it's like, this is what we end on. Like we could have ended... Yeah. With Superman, you know, flying into the sky. That would have been uh-huh. a great place for the film to end. Because everybody kind of gets their, you know, their moment, their happy ending in the epilogue. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, nope, nope, things go bad. Superman's evil. And as a Superman fan, I'm just sick of yeah. how we handle Superman like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, let um, Henry Cavill be Superman for once. We had the origin story. Then we killed him, and then we brought him back, only for 20 minutes to pass, and he's evil. <laughs> right. Now, mind you, that's going to make uh, Darkseid seem like even better of a villain, because he's able to turn Superman evil, but still. Yeah, so he uses the anti-life equation. That basically that's gives you the control. something introduced in this film, yeah. That's something introduced here, and as a comic book fan, I get it. Do you know anything about what that is? And did they do a good job explaining it? (laughs) No and no. (laughs) Okay. So, comic book nerd, here I go. The anti-life equation. 
is basically a mathematical mathematical equation that allows Darkseid to basically seize control of the universe. With that, that's what he's that's his ultimate goal. That's what he's looking for. That's his infinity gauntlet. Mm-hmm. He's looking for the anti-life equation because it allows him to basically take control of somebody's will. That's why Superman's eyes are glowing red. He's not using heat vision. His eyes are glowing w- red because he's basically possessed by Darkseid's will. Is that the same case with Martian Manhunter? <laughs> he has red eyes too when he transforms. Just curious. It's not. I can see the connection there. It's not. Okay. Um, that's just Martian Manhunter has red eyes because okay. they thought it looked cool. <laughs> okay. Comics are weird like that. Everybody has red eyes. <laughs> Sorry, listeners who are rolling their eyes at me and my lack of comic book knowledge. No, but that's. Again, a problem I have with these types of stories, it's just you throw in a weird thing like that, but you don't explain it. And I get we may not have had enough time to go over it because the anti-life equation is something I've known about for years. and I still don't fully understand how it's supposed to work. Yeah, it was the this movie is the first I've ever heard of that term. I was like, oh, so what's that? <laughs> yeah. It's literally a math problem. Darkseid's whole mission is to find the answer to this math problem. Darkseid is a nerd. Yeah, he is. It is pretty funny. That's probably why you also never heard of it, because it's just like, you can't let people think Darkseid is that big of a dork. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like, that's his whole motivation, is to get the anti-life equation. And so, for that to be... Darkseid's entire reason to come to Earth, you think they would have spent more time on that. <laughs> right. But, you know, not the biggest of deals. It's just sitting there like, yeah, that's not going to make any sense to most people watching this film. How great Junkie XL score is this Dude, time. I, and I didn't even hate uh, Danny Elf- Elfman's score. <laughs> but, man, yeah. this was amazing. <laughs> So good. Um, like it felt Zimmer like in ways, but uh, it also felt like, you know, its own thing. Um, its own I almost style. thought Hans Zimmer did do the score until yeah. I checked the credit. I'm like, oh. Yeah, uh, Danny Elfman's score um, for Justice League was okay. Um, I wasn't real wild on the the use of the old uh, 80s Batman um, like theme for Batman. I thought that was kind of like, oh, that's cute, but like, why? <laughs> I uh, love the... His Batman score is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. But I agree, that's Michael Keaton or Kevin yeah. Conroy. That is not Ben Affleck. So you need yeah. to come up. It could have tones of it. It could have a hint of it in the score. Yeah. But don't just yeah. copy and paste the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what did you think of the change in um, the uh, Deathstroke introduction? Because um, obviously it's not wearing the mask this time. And obviously uh, Alex has a different uh, like dialogue with him. Yeah, so that was something I didn't watch. I haven't seen the um, theatrical cut of Justice League since my screening in 2017. I'm <laughs> not missing much. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to rewatch it before we recorded this. And again, I only got like 20 minutes in because 
I didn't want to ruin my memories of the Snyder Cut because it is the same movie with the same actors. I didn't want, you know, to get it too blurred in my brain. If For me, makes... I just immediately rewatched the Snyder Cut just to rinse. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bad taste, but alas, go on. <laughs> I I would have if that would have been a six hour commitment to do all of that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but I didn't exactly remember the dialogue that Lex had with Deathstroke. And so when I watched the Snyder cut, I'm like, is, is this scene playing out different? Because I could have sworn he was all like, we need a league of our own. <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. Yeah. And, and so he doesn't. Um... I don't remember if he entirely um, like doesn't mention it, but like him mentioning that he has a contract out for Batman, um, like that's that's new to the Snyder Cut, basically. Yeah, which makes way more sense on why he's there, mm-hmm. because uh, Ben Affleck's Batman movie was supposed to come out right after this, right? And he yeah. was supposed to fight Deathstroke. Uh huh. Kind of setting up for that. Yeah, that makes way more sense that it's setting up the Batman movie and not, you know, the stupid Injustice League. <laughs> I That's a team that I just never cared about because it's just the Justice League, but their villains teamed up. Yeah. It's like, can't Superman defeat like 90% of these people alone? Right. <laughs> oh, great. Lex Luthor teamed up with the Joker and Captain Cold. Big deal. Big whoop, right? Yeah, I. uh, But that was another thing. Um, You know, the epilogue. You know, was fine. It's just another one of those things where, you know, I'm I'm glad I got to see that tease. I got to see what Zack Snyder was working on and trying to build up. But it kind of feels kind of sad and stuff that we're probably never going to get that because Ben Affleck isn't Batman anymore. So (laughs) it's like, yeah, that was the cool scene, but like, you know, not going to (laughs) happen. I agree. And in some instances, like that nightmare thing, I don't want to happen. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because Justice League 2 would have been a whole nother thing. And I don't know if how, I don't know how many people actually would have bought into that. It's very Mm. different. (laughs) from this movie ben affleck though is going to be in flashpoint so you know never say never maybe he'll don the cape again after that we'll see we'll see um i just know that he's not likely to direct a solo outing (laughs) yeah on him uh drinking himself to death so we yeah definitely not whatever is best for ben that's what we want robert pattinson's gonna be good oh can't wait Next year? Ah. For sure. <laughs> um, I guess another thing I could mention, we're just mentioning really small things at this point. Um, what did you think of like some of the songs and stuff that were used? Um, Didn't care for them. <laughs> yeah. It had real either. music video vibes where it's like some of, the, some of these shots just held on too long because it felt like, I don't know, it felt like he was directing a music video at some times. Also, like, uh-huh. Wonder Woman's theme has vocals now, which is really weird. Yes. I did like, in the credits, the version of Hallelujah. I did like that. But I didn't like... <laughs> this is one thing I preferred uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of the Justice League over this one. Um, is uh, Right? Very small thing. Um, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But I like the song they used when Aquaman goes back in the water after uh, meeting Bruce. 
Uh, He's like chugging the beer and stuff. It's like that rock song. I liked it more than the song they went with this time. Yeah, that I agree. The song choices, like the score is great. Some yeah. of the song choices to me, well, okay, all of the song choices to me <laughs> are a little jarring, and they feel they don't feel like they necessarily fit the scene that they're playing in. I also kind of missed the uh, the uh, rendition or the cover of "Come Together" <laughs> this time uh, in the credits, at least. Again. Yeah. Like, I like that cover. <laughs> it's a um, good cover. I think, again, though, this movie ends in such a different place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I was also going to mention in regards to um, the original Justice League that, like, it looks like a Joss Whedon movie. Like, it has that kind of, you know, kind of dry uh, color palette and... Uh, Save for like all the red and stuff at the end. And what was the but deal with that? Like it looks like a it looks like a TV episode. Like, <laughs> I, and I've hated that about some of the Marvel movies, most of them being Joss Whedon's. That they just are so bland in terms of their cinematography. Like you were starting to say, I don't I don't know why like they made such a change to this uh, to Zack Snyder's version in regards to the color palette. I mean, I know that. He has his own style and, um, you know, it's very unique and you can't really mimic it. But like the color palette, that's the thing you, you know, you d- I think would be doable. <laughs> Why change that? Um, there's also, um, I was watching last night, um, there's this video on YouTube. Um, there's probably more than them, but this one's from Samsung Spin. Uh, that's his channel. Um, it's the worst continuity errors of Joss Whedon's Justice League. That is the um, the title of the video. It has a lot of like alarming changes um, that they made that seem like there's a lot of like why on earth did they fix that? And there's also a lot of glaring like little mistakes where you can tell like um, that they re- reshot something in the middle of a certain take and it looks all awkward. Things don't match up. It's the continuity error and everything. It's uh, It was kind of an eye-opening video and things that uh, the guy has a really good eye. Um, and he, by the way, he plays the... Um, it's set to the um, theme song of Pink Panther, the video is, by the way. That was How c- classic. You got to see <laughs> yeah, this to um, me later. Yeah, uh, I I suggest you guys take a look at that. He picks up on a lot of like really strange things that they changed, um, and a lot of things are like yeah, make you scratch your head. I said I know Joss Whedon has, like you said, he and Zack Snyder are like polar opposites in terms of filmmakers. Right. <laughs> it's very strange. Some things they changed, um, the color palette, the cinematography being one of them. Um, you know this. This movie has so much more flair, so much more style um, than, you know, Justice League. Justice League, which looks like a glorified TV pilot, really. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to go back to the epilogue for a second. So that scene with Bruce and Martian Manhunter. Mm -hmm. uh, You know Martian Manhunter was supposed to be a different character, right? Green Lantern? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that would have played better if it was Green Lantern? I mean, honestly, I've been even more excited if it was Green Lantern, because mm-hmm. I know more who Green Lantern is than I know who Martian Manhunter is. 
I know of Martian Manhunter, but I'm not real familiar with the character. Um, I think having it be Green Lantern, um, John Stewart would have been like <laughs> amazing. But yeah, it wasn't real big on that. And I also didn't like how um, how it kind of like. Again, going back to that scene with uh, Martha and um, and Lois, like I, you know, which is really Martian Manhunter and uh, um, Lois, I I didn't like how it's like, oh, you know, yeah, there's here's Martian Manhunter. Then we see him all the way at the end at the epilogue. It's just like, okay, yeah, he's here. I guess you know, I feel like you know if they just like cut out the part with. Um, with or just left it with Martha and Lois actually being the ones talking to one another and having that uh, poignant conversation, um, then you know, then you bring in this teaser at the end. I thought it would have been a lot more impactful, a lot more like, "Ooh, oh my God, it's Martian Manhunter!" It would have been a lot cooler. So it's like, I, oh yeah, there's that guy we saw earlier in the movie. He's he's back. Yay! <laughs> I. I definitely agree with you there. Always going to be weird. But I want your opinion on this. So this is Zack's vision, right? This is supposed to be a cul-de-sac where it doesn't lead anywhere else. It's really just going to be a self-contained story. Cul-de-sac, right. It's its own self-contained thing. The sequels are going to act like uh, the theatrical cut is canon. Right. So if that's the case... Why didn't they let him use Green Lantern, you know? Yeah, I was reading up on that actually last night, and that's how I knew that uh, Green Lantern was the one that was originally going to be there. I guess, yeah, he and the studio, Warner Brothers, had some kind of, came to some agreement that they weren't going to use Green Lantern or have him appear at any point. Um, I kind of, I don't know why. I'm really kind of curious as to why. That's Um, just really strange to me because... Yeah, they like if it's a self-contained story, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to me, because they like the excuse that, or okay, the reason that Zach said uh, in an interview, he said that they had other plans for Green Lantern, and so they didn't want him to use the character. Do they mm. not have other plans for Wonder Woman <laughs> or Aquaman right. or the Flash? And it's like, if this isn't canon, why not just have <laughs> the character mm-hmm. in there? Yeah, at least you can do is like, you know, just show like the like an actor that you're gonna have play him and have him pop up and do that. You could have just a really small little appearance like that. You don't have to do something that really sets up anything huge for its own solo movies <laughs> or something. You, you know, select an actor. Just get Ryan Reynolds to do it. He'd probably think it's funny. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, what did you think of like the slow mo? Was there too much of it, or is it? Did, or were you just like used to it? That's it's a Zack Snyder movie. I'm used to it at this point, right? Pretty much that. I didn't even think about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's a it's a Zack Snyder movie, like you said. It's like that's yeah. just his, that's his style. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the the football scene with cyborgs in slow motion. So. Oh, and that was the game. That was a game against the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm both proud and upset oh, that right. they lost that game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> They weren't actually playing Metropolis. Which is funny. Yeah. Why Wisconsin? But all right. Yeah, you you think it would have been (laughs) Central City, Bloodhaven, Gotham, Coast City, you know, like DC cities. But it's like, no, it's just Madison, Wisconsin, the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
So I guess they're saving it in our world. I guess that's what they're going for there. That's fine. Realism, man. <laughs> like, what did you think of Lois Lane here? Um, were you too bothered that she spent most of the movie just kind of like, um, you know, being all upset about Superman, um, Clark being gone? Or did you, uh, what did you kind of think in regards to how they treat that? I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. Um, she does <laughs> spend the entire movie. Um, but again, her fiance was killed. Uh-huh. So I don't have a problem with that, especially this is a problem I've had with the Wonder Woman films. I had to sit through Diana mope around about Steve Trevor for like 80 years. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lois being upset for a few months does not bother me. Right. I just want to see the fallout of that. So, like, Perry, how long was she off work? How long? How much time has passed? Perry's just going to let her take all the time she needs, huh? Apparently. <laughs> That's the thing that I kind of have an issue with. I don't have a sense of time. Mm-hmm. Like, has Superman been dead for a month, a year, you know, a week? Yeah. I can't really tell. Yeah, I can't really tell. It's enough for Martha to lose the farm, but not enough for Lois to lose her job. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, um, another thing um, just jumped out of me. I I wanted to touch upon was I liked how this movie opened a whole lot more. Um, I thought the the Justice League with the the video footage with the kids. I thought it was eh. yeah, especially with the. <laughs> His uh, the digital uh, face enhancements, um, but uh, I also I liked how they kind of they showed like how Superman's um, like his scream, his yell as he um, you know basically dies um, is kind of heard throughout you know the planet and um, yeah. how that kind of awakens. Um, Stephen Wolf and Darkseid and seeing that oh the, here's our chance where maybe we can we can strike here he's dead you know so I like that scene but also that brings up something weird it's a nitpick it's not that big big of a deal mm-hmm. but Clark is only 30 something years old why did mm-hmm. they attack before he got to Earth because <laughs> it's like oh this is our chance and it's like yeah wait why did you attack earlier <laughs> <laughs> right when probably some of these other uh heroes weren't even heroes yet <laughs> yeah like if they attacked in 2010 like i'm not even going back that far if they attacked in 2010 all you got to deal with is wonder woman because aquaman's not doing anything batman's probably still with robin <laughs> right clark is not saving pocket from a tornado <laughs> <laughs> you, now yeah. is your chance <laughs> I mean, I didn't think of that, but I mean, you're you're you've got a point. Like, it's a nitpick. It's not that big a deal, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's like, why didn't Thanos ever get out of that chair until 2018? Right. <laughs> you know, it's not that big an issue, and it's just like, yeah, that's kind of strange. I agree with you, though. The opening, uh, taking us back to BBS, is something we even talk about, like seeing Lex again, seeing Superman's death again was really, really great to set up what this film is about and what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening of the theatrical cut, I don't hate it. I mean, 
Superman's face I hate, obviously. Um, I, uh, but I do like seeing Superman interact with other people. <laughs> That's something that right. we don't get yeah. at all, honestly. Like, we get Clark with Lois. We get Clark with Bruce. We get Clark with, you know, Perry and Ma Kent and Pa Kent and Jarrell, but we don't get Superman interacting with the civilians he's saving. Mm. So I appreciate that aspect, but in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really do much for the story. And then right after that, Batman is like using some random thug as bait <laughs> to catch a parademon. Which and explodes then, and shows the the mother boxes. Which, yeah. And then the thug is just all like, well, that was weird. So yeah. they're here because Superman's dead, right? It's just like the thug is just trying to help solve the mystery now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, thank goodness that's, that wasn't in Snyder's cut. <laughs> it's like, I, I like the idea at first, but as the scene plays, it's like, this is getting weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, like the opening of this movie is so strong. This entire movie is really good, even though some scenes can be cut up. Uh, some things can be cut out entirely. Like, I think that epilogue could be cut down significantly because the Deathstroke yeah. thing, the Joker thing, don't really need to happen. Uh, right. Martian Manhunt is weird. Yeah, but like overall, the good outweighs the bad. And it's not perfect. Far from it. And there's still things from the original cut that bugged me that we haven't even touched on yet. Like, I don't like having to use a mother box to bring Superman back. That's just always going to be weird that we have to dig up his grave <laughs> and take him to this Kryptonian ship. That's always going to not sit well with me. Right. But, you know, that's just what this movie is. And so for what we got, I I really, really like this film. There's still tons of issues that I have with it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's a great movie. It's an epic. It's big it's bold it's Zack snyder's justice league amen to that brother <laughs> yeah i i still as i um said earlier i still like man steel a little bit more um but i do like this more than bbs um obviously i like it more than the original version uh, that goes without saying i think it's leaves and bounds uh better and uh i was honestly i thought it was better than i thought it'd be so, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really, you know, grateful that, you know, we've gotten the opportunity to finally see it because I do think it is one of Snyder's best films, like you said. Um, and I, uh, and I really am glad that we got a chance to like really get a satisfying introduction to the Justice League, um, with this film something that the original cut did not give us. I agree 100% with that statement. It's good to be a DC fan again. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I just want to take you back to that time period. We had all the discourse for Man of Steel, and regardless whether you love or hate that movie, I think Man of Steel is fine. I neither love it nor hate it. <laughs> but it's just like, it. <laughs> yeah, which is great. There's things to love about that movie. But it's just like, you have the discourse for that not go away. You have BBS come out, which just amplified it. And it's just like, by the time Just Sleep gets there, I'm just kind of sick of it. Mm -hmm. And not to compare Marvel and DC, but it's like, to make matters worse, 
you have Spider-Man come out that year. You had Civil War the year before. Then you had Infinity War the year after. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah, uh, DC is stupid. I'm a Marvel fan now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, yeah, they, they've had a really rocky ride um, getting it started. But at least I feel like we're in a pretty um, solid position now where um, you know, we've got our feet on the ground um and we're um at least we got a nice foundation set up whether we're gonna where we're gonna go from here i don't really know um but uh i at least feel like um there is some optimism to be had with the dc eu at this point so even though this movie's not canon such a shame <laughs> yeah i was gonna say um I at least feel more optimistic now than I did back in 2017. Yeah, this isn't canon, but at least since 2017, we had had Wonder Woman that summer before Justice League came out. Um, but we've since, we've had Birds of Prey, we've had um, Shazam, um, we've had Aquaman. Joker. Um, Joker, <laughs> if you want to count that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, DC is starting to get their act together and uh so i feel like there's very much reason to be excited now um and yeah before you say wonder woman 1984 wasn't so great i liked it okay um but uh you know i still think dc yeah dc still in uh you know in a lot better position than they were when the justice cut justice league came out 100 percent. not every movie has to be canon um comic some of the best comic books are elseworld stories the dark knight returns that's an elseworld story (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like i like the place that dc is in to where you can technically have Zack snyder make a part two and then you can still have another justice league movie that's a complete opposite direction Sure. Now, I might not have the same actors. I might reboot some of those franchises and leave, you know, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, and them in the Snyderverse. <laughs> sure. But you can have branching timelines. That's the cool thing about DC. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look, we had Joaquin Phoenix win an Oscar. What was it? Just last year <laughs> for Joker? Uh, yeah. Uh, last, last Academy Awards he won, yeah. Yeah, so he just won for Joker. And then we get stuck with Jared Leto again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, you never know. I'm just excited to see what comes next. I'm really glad we got this awesome movie. So we after all this loving on Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'll ask the question, John. Is it a movie? It is a movie, unlike Justice League, which is Walmart bargain bin crap. Yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League isn't just a movie. It's an experience. You guys, if you somehow have not watched that four-hour epic, watch it on HBO Max. No additional charge to subscribers. We will catch you on the next episode. Uh, John, did you have any plugs, anything you're doing on your social medias or YouTubes or anything like that? Yeah, um, so I am... At the time of recording this video, I am kind of um, on a social media hiatus, um, but I will be back. Um, you can find me on Twitter 
at johnmath95. My Instagram handle is the same. Um, I have made a new Letterboxd. My Letterboxd is now letterboxd.com backslash johnmath95. Um, my website is johnmath95.com. I got some ideas for things uh, in the future that I'm excited about um, that I will share later on. Um, and you guys, if you um, are tuning into this on my YouTube channel, um, then you're already here. Hi, but YouTube. I also, hi, YouTube. Um, I also have plans to um, get my get my channel kind of off the ground a little bit more, um, making some improvements, as you can maybe see if you're watching this video, that uh, I've been, improved our presentation a little bit. Um, I hope you guys uh, like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can check out my YouTube channel. Um, if you just search for John Math 95 you'll find it. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check me out on YouTube, see what I've got in store, um, you know, and everything, I uh, really appreciate it. Sweet, sweet. And you guys, you know where to find me, uh, Novice Cinephile on Twitter and Facebook, also the Novice Cinephile on Instagram. You can find... Uh, I have a YouTube channel. You can find tons of videos there. I have a review, a spoiler-free review of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which probably don't need to watch now because you've listened to this spoiler review. <laughs> but I've got a review for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a bunch of other stuff coming up there uh, later on. So you should check out that. Um, also, NobiceCinephile.com. I'm going to have some more reviews up there. I'm going to be reviewing Raya and the Last Dragon, so by the time you're listening to this, it might be up. It might not. You're just going to have to find out. <laughs> also, I was on the Chatter After. We talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is nothing like this episode, so you can actually listen to both. I highly recommend it. I had a great time talking with my friends at Labam Entertainment, so definitely recommend the chatter after. I'll put, again have it in the description of this video if it's out yet. If it's not, uh, just keep your eyes posted on the Wabam Entertainment Twitter, which is Wabam ENT. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Mike John underscore movies and on Facebook and Instagram at Mike John Mike and John at the movies. Uh, we are going to be back with our next episode. Uh, not quite sure what it is yet. We'll Y'all shall see. Y'all shall see. We'll be back. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And again, the Snyder Cut is real. It's an experience unlike any other. It's been a weird, crazy journey, but I'm glad that we all got to experience this incredible, incredible movie. And I'm really happy that Zach was able to complete this story. Did so. you catch one of its executive producers? No. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> we got Nolan in here, baby. <laughs> so, we had one more thing we needed to add and we forgot. <laughs> uh, this is awkward, guys. Anyway, John, what was the thing we missed? I knew we missed something. <laughs> Yeah, we knew it would happen. You know, that's bound to happen when the movie is four hours long, mind you. But uh, how can we possibly forget to talk about the four by three aspect ratio of this film? Yeah. So, what did you think of that? I was it was kind of jarring for me at first, but like it was too. Past, I got into it. Yeah, it was too. 
Now, from what I understand, it's presented in a way that um, you can see it in IMAX, basically. So you can basically see the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen um, in the way that you would be able to if you saw it in IMAX. So in that um, in that sense, uh, I understood it. But yeah, it was a little jarring, and then I got used to it. I kind of, by the time the movie went along, a couple hours in, it wasn't even really noticeable to me anymore. I was just kind of used to it. It's, yeah, I got used to it. It's still a weird choice to me because they're like, oh, well, unlike normal filmmakers, Zach filmed this entire thing with IMAX cameras. Like, why would he do that? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like. Yeah, IMAX has the capability to only play a movie like, what, 180 minutes or something? uh (laughs) Yeah, so. It's a weird choice. And Zach does that quite a bit where it's just like, I'll get with it, but that's just strange and the aspect ratio is one like there's gonna be a black and white cut of this movie why i don't understand yeah (laughs) yeah and he has said that like the black and white imax version of this is like the way he wants it to be seen like that's the ultimate way to see it and i'm just like okay (laughs) sure man you do you yeah you know it's not that big a deal because there is a black and white version of logan but it's just like can can they just let them make it in black and white if that's what they want? It's weird having oh all of a sudden here's this black and white thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a black and white version of uh, Mad Max Fury Road out there too. Yeah, speaking of Fury Road, would you want to see DC's Mad Max where we follow Deathstroke and Mira and <laughs> Batman, Nightmare Batman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm- I'm with you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing we forgot. Um, but I did uh, I did like how they um, opened the film. Um, HBO Max did saying like, hey, we this full film is presented in 4 by 3 to uh, to fully respect, uh, represent uh, Zack Snyder's creative vision or whatever it's at. I thought that was cool. So. Oh, did it? I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. So. This- the could screener it, could, didn't come with that, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, good on you, HBO Max. <laughs> nice. I've that's I appreciate that. I'm glad that they gave an explanation because yeah. some people are gonna be like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah. Like, you know how many people are probably gonna mess around trying to figure out why it's not filling the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us, you guys. We will catch you later. For autumn. For autumn.